Today on episode number 739, a friend of mine told me to watch a TV show. On that TV show was a guy named Tyler Perry, and the more I looked into him, I was like, oh man, there are so many things podcaster can learn from this dude. He's an amazing story. He's got amazing insights, and we're going to talk about it today. What podcasters can learn from Tyler Perry? How do you super serve your niche? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is why I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. Today, we're going to talk about influence today. It's kind of an inspirational story, but you cannot influence unless you start the website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and that will save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And don't forget, you have a 30-day money-back guarantee. We have a super quick Because of My Podcast, and it's my podcast because of my podcast. Laura Johnson heard it. You know Laura. She's over at Reviews and randomness.com and heard I was moving and I didn't ask for one. She sent me a gift card to Home Depot. How cool is that? That is the whole law of reciprocity. When you give out to people, some of that is going to come back. Today, we're going to talk about super serving your niche. Yes. All right. I don't want to scare anybody, but I just a little backstory here. I am a person that is continuing to study black culture. As the whole Black Lives Matter movement came about, I watched the 13th. I watched all these other things. And a friend of mine said, hey, you like things that educate and entertain you. You might want to check out the show Black AF on Netflix. It's from the guy, uh, Kenya Barris, who is the guy behind Blackish. That's a, a, a TV show. There's a whole bunch of other things he helped with, uh, I mean, is just go to Wikipedia. He's a famous dude. He's a successful guy. And I watched it and it is, it's very entertaining. It's kind of a mockumentary because he's playing himself. So it's, it's Kanye Barris playing a writer and producer of a guy who's named Kanye Barris, who is a writer and producer. And in the one scene, Tyler Perry comes on. Now I am familiar with Tyler Perry. He's the guy that dresses up in a dress and does the whole Medea thing. And it kind of got to me because I was like, why have I never seen a Tyler Perry movie? Cause he's got a bunch. And I was like, you know, I saw Mrs. Doubtfire when Robin Williams was in a dress and it just made me think about it. And then Tyler Perry was on black AF. And uh, this was the clip that sent me down a rabbit hole of really researching Tyler Perry because this guy has the attitude that I think we as podcasters need to adopt. And also when I looked into his story, holy cow. So we're going to look at what can podcasters learn from Tyler Perry. And at the end, I'll explain maybe why we should actually listen to what he's saying. Now to set up this clip, in the episode, uh, Kenya is kind of obsessing over what people think about his shows, his movies. He's kind of obsessed because 
one of his friends has put out something that he didn't think was any good. And he's like, well, shouldn't we be telling our friends that that's not really good? So Tyler Perry comes in and he's like, well, what about Rotten Tomatoes? What do you think about when you go to that site? So that's the premise of this particular discussion. For the record, if you see this on Netflix, it is not safe for work, but I'm going to go ahead and bleep out all the naughty words. Go to Rotten Tomatoes. But let me just tell you about them tomatoes. I don't fuck with them. You don't, I don't fuck with tomatoes? I don't give a damn about a rotten or a fresh. None of that means shit to me. I, that's, a, that's amazing. What about critics? I don't give a fuck. I guess that's amazing. Can I just tell you why? Let me tell you Please. Why. Because, listen, man. All right, get out your pencils. I know that I'm telling stories that my folks want to see. I'm talking from our point of view. We're speaking a language. We're speaking a shorthand that we get, that white people don't necessarily get. Nina Simone said this, and I never forgot it. She said, you will use up everything you got trying to give everybody what they want. You got to focus, man. And you know what I do? I super serve my niche. We speak a language. We're talking. We know each other. We get it. I, I, there's a lot of times I see shit that win Oscars. I'd be like, what is this shit? I walked out halfway through it. I don't get it. But, and, and listen, I feel like they feel the same way about my work. They don't get it, which is all cool. My mother, born in Jim Crow South in Louisiana, right down the street from Mississippi where Emmett Till was murdered. She told me the value of being who I am, of my blackness. She said, don't you ever let anybody tell you who you are. You know who you are. You know where you come from. I watched her stories. I watched her struggles. And that's what I'm telling. I'm telling the stories that I come from. And that's why they're winning, because people are recognizing themselves in these stories. No matter how crass the people think they are, no matter what the critics are saying, oh, I don't get this. I don't understand what it is. I don't give a because I'm talking to us. That's why millions of people are watching my shows every week. That's why people keep showing up and sending the movies to number one. I'm talking to us, connecting with us. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you what you're doing. I'm trying to get them to approve you. That's what I don't get. Why are niggas running around trying to get white folks? So please tell me I'm special. Oh, give me your Oscar. Oh, let me know I'm all of these things that you want me to. F*** that. Tell your story. Live in your own life, in your own culture. Tell your own experience. Can't nobody tell you how to be you. You hear what I'm saying? I do, man. Good. I, re I really f***ing do. Good. Thanks, Tyler Perry. You're welcome. Can you embarrass me doing government names? I just felt it was a special moment, man. Yeah. And it was a special moment, and that's what got me really digging into Tyler Perry. Because, again, I knew of him, but I'd never seen any of his content. And so there are a couple of things that really stuck out as I did this, and I, it applies to podcasting. Number one, it doesn't matter how you start or where you start from. He started in Louisiana. His He had a great mom, but his father was an alcoholic who would beat both he and his mother. It's how you finish. And what's interesting is he actually has uh, a strong faith. We'll talk about that in a second. And actually grew up, and he said, my career took off once I forgave my father. I thought that was amazing. One thing to know, his success didn't come overnight. He started off doing plays, and he would actually rent a theater, and it cost him $12,000. Okay, we need to stop a second here. $12,000. Think about that. And he rented a theater for a weekend to do this show multiple times and thought he'd get about 1,200 people. And he said, I got about 30, and I knew them all. And so he lost all of his money just gone. And so when we start a podcast, 
we often think, oh, this is going to be great, and you have delusions of grandeur. I've been there. I started a show called The Customer Service Show, and I made it about six episodes before I quit because it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. He didn't quit. And can you, again, I want you to do something right now. It's 2020 as I record this. If you're somewhere where you can say this out loud, 2013, that is seven years ago. Okay, take a second. 2013, that's when he would have started the play that eventually now in 2020 would start to get some traction. I find that so seven years he would put out every dime he had to put on this because he knew this play was going to resonate with his audience. And that's the other thing. I say this all the time with clients I do, with members of the School of Podcasting. It starts with knowing your audience. And Tyler Perry, he knew white critics are not going to go and they're not. Well, they might go to his movies, but they're not going to get them. And as he said, I don't care. He doesn't care, he said, because in, in one uh, interview I saw, he said his one of his movies, one of the first ones was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And he said the critics were saying it was offensive, it was crass. And he said, but I got feedback from his target audience and said, in two hours, you got my sister to do what we've been trying to do for 12 years, and that's leave an abusive relationship. So he got feedback from his target audience. This is why if people are tired of me saying you need to get some sort of focus group going because it doesn't make any sense to jump on Facebook ads and Twitter ads and Spotify ads if you're not sure if it's resonating. And that's one of the keys to his success. He has a book. I'm about halfway through it now called Hire is Waiting. And for the record, we're going to talk about this. He does, he's a big fan of the person I refer to as my invisible sky buddy. Now, if you are new to the show, you might be going, what? Invisible who? I am a person that have gone to church since I was born, basically. And I played a, a promo for a podcast I used to do called Feeding My Faith. And I played that and I had somebody, one of my listeners said, hey, I didn't tune in to hear about your invisible sky buddy. And I loved that phrase, and I've been using it ever since. So, But here's what he said in his book. He says, what's more, he goes, you need naysayers in your life. He said, you need people to challenge your point of view. Your job is to look for the truth in their negativity. He says, for instance, sometimes I'll get a bad review, and my first defensive reaction is to think that it's completely off the mark. Once I give myself a moment and allow my uh, in my initial reaction to be released, I'll read it again to see if there's anything I can learn from the review. He goes, now, if it's just, you know, pure just hate, he goes, I'll just let it go. But if there's some truth, even a kernel, I'll use what's written to be better at what I do. I can take constructive criticism. So when nobody showed up, at that play, he would take the feedback and rewrite it. Every year he rewrote it for seven years. I just find that amazing. Uh, he said each year again, he would work different jobs and he hated these jobs, saving his money. The name of the play was, I know I've been, I've been changed. 
Uh, he get a new theater, and upon the seventh year, he started to get feedback from attendees saying how much they enjoyed it, and they wanted to know how can I invest in the play. And eventually got to the point where it went on tour from 1998 to 2000. And that's one of the keys. He went to where his audience was. And people always say, how do I grow my audience? I go, number one, make sure it's a good show. Then go to where your audience is. That's step two. And then make friends with them and then tell them about your show. So what he did was he created these new stage productions and he went what was called the Chitlin circuit, known also as the urban theater circuit. And he developed a large devoted following of African-American audiences. And in, in 2005, he reported that uh, Forbes reported that he had sold more than $100 million in tickets, 30 million in videos of his shows and an estimated 20 million in merchandise. And the 300 live shows he produces each year are attended by an average of 35,000 people a week. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about his courage, but I want to talk to you if you feel like you're lacking the courage. If you're a person that's like, look, I'm just overwhelmed by the process. I don't know about the equipment. I don't know where to start. I bought a microphone. It's been sitting in a drawer for two years. I just, I know I want to do it. I just, if that's you, you're just a little overwhelmed. Please go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's going to save you 20% on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And you can join worry-free. If for some reason of those first 29 days, you're like, "Mm, this isn't for me, let me know. You have a 30-day money-back guarantee. And you will see where I have a course called Planning Your Podcast that walks you through helping to figure out who is my audience, what do I want them to do, how do I want them to feel, and then we get into things like equipment, how to build your website, how to promote your podcast, how to get it into Apple and Google and Spotify and all those things. Plus, you have a brilliant group of other podcasters that can help you with this, along with direct access to me and live group coaching. Quit sitting there and let that microphone gather dust. Let me help you. We're going to chip away at that overwhelm and get you focused on your audience and podcasting in the right way. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. The thing about it is what that's why I think my, my shows, all the plays that I've done and the, and the movies have been so successful is because a lot of people can't afford therapy. I'm, I never went to therapy. But what these what my what my characters and everything they speak to, if they give advice in situations on trying to um, put a mirror in front of people to say, is this me? It provokes thought. It makes people want to um, offer it offers change or the possibility of hope. So that's the one thing that I heard in all these different research things. He is all about inspiring people to believe in themselves and to walk out of a theater, walk out of uh, whatever they're watching it on and turn a mirror on themselves and kind of go, is that me? And maybe I could do this better as well as make them uh, laugh and things of that nature. But the thing that I was surprised in the different interviews and things I read is this man in a world where 
it's just not in the mainstream. It's not cool to bring up the name of Jesus. A lot of his interviews sounded like this. And I think that what's important to, for people who are really, really going through and don't know how, it's just once that for me, it was faith. It's a lot of mm-hmm. prayer. I totally mm-hmm. believe in mm-hmm. God. And and people may believe in other things, but for me, it was mm-hmm. God, faith, and prayer. And and that, for me, had, had there not been church and helped me get through those things, I don't know what I would have done. I just, I want people to walk away from this movie wanting to be better, mm-hmm. wanting to go higher and and go deeper within themselves. So that's what this is about for me. And if that happens with one mm-hmm. person, then then I've done what I set out to. So there he is talking about one person again, wanting them to feel better, wanting to have hope. And he said it in that clip, I want to super serve my niche. You know what I do? I super serve my niche. And that niche, by the way, as much as I was like, wow, that takes a lot of courage to to bring up Jesus on national TV According to a study in 2007 by Pew Research, 87% of African Americans are affiliated as Christians, and a big chunk of those are Baptist. So in his niche, maybe talking about Jesus, not so crazy after all. Again, understanding who your audience is, but it's not, in this case, his story wasn't just about getting that one play. He wanted to own a studio. And so consequently, if your podcast is to help run your business, help if you're using it as a marketing arm of your business, number one, again, going back to the fact that it took him seven years to get it right, it's about running the podcast as a marketing piece and tracking, is this working or not. So here's a clip of him talking about how he kind of had to focus on the business part uh, first before he could really start building his empire. I approached it from building a brand. The artistry wasn't that important in the beginning. That's why I'm so excited about Acrimony being, being my first time to actually express art on, on for color girls in this one was the one where I feel like I'm really right, expressing right, right. an artistic side of me. But no, I was focusing on the business because I had a plan. I wanted to own a studio. I had things that I wanted to do and I wanted to serve my audience well so that they could allow me to do this and they have. That's interesting that you went for the business side of it first to yeah. enable you to then do the passion projects. And again, what's in that clip? I have to serve my audience well. And so I thought that was amazing. But here's the thing. While many podcasters look at, you know, oh, if I could just get on a big network, Joe Rogan really has the right thing. Joe Rogan is on a network, but he still owns his show. And Tyler Perry went direct to the people via theaters. And it was those people then that went to the movie houses, which then led to more things. And uh, he wrote, he acted, he directed these plays, and he rented the theaters. He basically was a DIY guy. Now, he's all about owning his own material. And this is based on his father was a carpenter. And as a child, he saw where his father would build a house and get paid $800. And then the guy that owned the house would get paid $80,000. And he just kind of went, huh. If you're the owner, you make a whole lot more money. Now, he still owns his stuff, and he started co-producing and distribution through Lionsgate Entertainment because you, if you're doing movies, you got to get on the screen. But he retains full copyright ownership under the corporate name Tyler Perry Films, 
and he places his name in front of all the titles. That's his brand. And that is, again, if you're a Tyler Perry fan, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go see that because Tyler's involved with that. And his movies have seen very limited release outside of North America. But in May 2010, Lionsgate announced plans to begin releasing his films in the United Kingdom. So again, he started in theaters, moved from theaters doing plays to movies, and then movies to having a – people went, hey, wait a minute. There's an audience here that's not being served. Here's a clip of Tyler talking about that. Uh, you know what it is? I've, I've been aware of it from day one, and that's why how I've been able to build this business, that, that we were African-American people were a huge market that's been underserved. And now all of a sudden there's this surge of, of people realizing and understanding through the research and the data proving that African-Americans are, are consuming most of a lot of a lot of content. So so what that does is it enables him to find, because he's in his own community, he's seeing all these awesome artists, all these awesome actors, and they can't get hired in anything. And he talked about, I think he said it was 2007-ish. He goes, there was no black TV. This is way before BET. He said, there weren't any black people on TV. And it's kind of, it's like a running joke, but they're like, apparently... Only Hollywood could only handle like one famous black person. Okay, it was Sidney Poitier. Okay, okay, now it's Sammy Davis Jr. And now it was Bill Cosby. And then it was so-and-so. And then it was like, you couldn't have more than one. And he was like, no, 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 that's the end of that. And so what he did is as he's built his empire, he then went right back to where he came from. I cannot find the clip. I watched it. He talked about how he built his offices in the ghetto. And he said it was so cool when President Obama was in office, he came to his office to meet Tyler Perry. It wasn't the other way around. And he said it was so cool seeing these little black kids wave their flags in the projects, watching the presidential barricade come through. And those little kids think, hey, that could be me someday. He was like, that was cool because they knew the president was coming to see, you know, Tyler. And he gives back to the community. Now, his dream again was to own a studio. And he talks about it. He was uh, given a an award by BET, which is Black Entertainment Television. And he actually bought land in Atlanta, Georgia, that was previously a Confederate fort. Now, if you're outside the U.S., also you should know Atlanta, Georgia is a... In the past, I'm not sure what it is there now. I don't live there, but it was a hotbed for the Ku Klux Klan. When I built my studio, I built it in a neighborhood that is one of the poorest black neighborhoods in Atlanta so the young black kids could see that a black man did that and they can do it too. That studio was once a Confederate army base, and I want you to hear this, which meant that there was Confederate soldiers on that base plotting and planning on how to keep 3.9 million Negroes enslaved. Now that land is owned by one Negro. That's really his mission to uplift, inspire and bring hope. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. So I it was interesting. I've watched a few of his movies. They're great. And I just was like, as I dig more and more into Tyler Perry, I was like, this is really what I've been talking about the whole time. First of all, you have to know who your audience is is 
And he did. And he said, you know what? This audience is underserved. So if you're a person and you're thinking of starting a podcast and you're like, I don't know, it's kind of niche. I don't know if anyone would watch this. Well, a bunch of rich white dudes said, nah, we can't make a movie like that. Nobody would watch it. And Tyler was like, yeah, but you know what? If we make a movie like this that addresses what people are seeing and thinking and feeling and so that these people can see themselves on the screen, now we're talking. And they answered in droves. Again, this guy's, he's, well, let me get another clip here. Check this out. Hollywood has its newest billionaire. Actor and filmmaker Tyler Perry recently joined the elite club, according to Forbes. Perry was raised in poverty in New Orleans and even went through a period of homelessness while struggling as a playwright. When talking about his success, the 50-year-old says ownership is everything. Perry owns the entirety of his creative output, including more than a thousand TV episodes, 22 films, and even a 330-acre film lot in Atlanta. Not too shabby. One of his key ingredients of his success is focus. When a seed is planted in the ground, all you can do is water it. You cannot control the sunshine, you cannot control the weather, and you cannot control whether the locusts will come and try and destroy it. All you can do is plant your seed in the ground, water it, and believe. That is what allowed me to be in this position right now. I would not stop believing. I planted my seed. I worked really hard. I had one idea, and that was to do a play. All the other stuff came. My only idea, my only focus was to do my one play. And I knew if I could get that to work, everything else would come to pass. There's so many people who go in so many directions. They, this week they're doing this, and next week they're doing that, and next week they're doing this, and next week they're going to be in real estate, and the next week they're going to open a salon. And those, those kind of people are all over the place, and I usually try to get them to focus. And so if you're a person that's a little overwhelmed trying to start your podcast – Instead of trying to figure out why well, I've got to get the, the right equipment and I've got to come up with a name and a website and things like that, pick one of those and focus on it and make sure that whatever you select, let's say it's the name of your show. Well, number one, you should probably do a Google search and make sure that nobody else is using that name and that it's not trademarked and things like that. Once you get your name, and I always say it's in my planning your podcast course that come up with a few names and then see what websites are available. Cause in some cases you might end up with a name that has the website available and it has social things available on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. There are all sorts of things that you can do, but focus on one little bit. Now I've been talking about this. Here's a, because of my podcast story, I've been mentioning how I'm getting ready to move. I will be moving uh, about five miles South here in, uh, from, I currently live in a city called Cuyahoga Falls and I'm moving back to Akron, Ohio, which is where I was born and raised. And it was an overwhelming task to think of all the stuff I had to do. And I just focused on one thing at a time and I'm about halfway through. And it's just one of those things where if I look at my house and I go, oh, the whole kitchen needs redone and ugh. The bathroom needs redone and oh my gosh, there's no air conditioning and things. I'm just making a list and then eventually I'm going to say, okay, which one of these do I need first? Well, for a podcast, you need a microphone and then you record something or maybe then you need the name and then you need to figure out who your audience is and things like that. So focus on one thing. Yes, you can have a list of 15 
But when it comes time to, once you've prioritized it, then think about what it is, focus on it, make the best choice you can based on the information you have and the budget that you have. And then once that step is done, get it out of your head and move on to the next step. I see so many people that they've got a great microphone and they start focusing on something else and they're moving ahead. And all of a sudden they're like, well, maybe I need a different microphone. I'm like, why are you, what, what's bringing that back into the picture? Cause in many cases, it's not the microphone just for the record. There's one last point I want to make on this. And sometimes we are thinking, should I do this one thing and think about it? Tyler Perry made one appearance on a television show that I happened to watch because a friend of mine told me about it. Notice that as well. All word of mouth here. And I found it. And now I've told a couple thousand people, Hey, if you've never checked out Tyler Perry, you should. The guy's pretty cool. And that's how you grow your audience by giving them something to talk about. And then one person tells more people, tells more people. So to wrap this up, it's not where you start. So if you're like, oh, I'm just not in a place where I can start a podcast. Well, it's not where you start. It's how you finish. And remember, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes years to really grow an audience. And that's why in uh, different videos, Tyler said he just knew. He's like, I am called to do this. This is going to work. And he just wouldn't let it stop. It really does start with knowing your audience, have a great attitude towards feedback, and don't be stuck in the mud. As he said, even if there's a kernel of truth to what somebody is saying, if they're giving you negative feedback, that kernel might be the thing that gets your audience talking about your content. And he went to where his audience was. He was like, you know, Louisiana is great, but there are more things happening in Atlanta. So this might be going online into Facebook groups and things like that. You have to go to where your audience is because the other thing that does is that gives him great insights into what's going on in that community. He is brave and the fact that he shares his faith because that is either going to, and some people are like, oh, I'm not going to watch that guy. He's a, he's a Jesus freak. He does it anyway. Why? Because he's going to be himself and that's what he wants. And he owns his own material. So if you're thinking of, joining some sort of network or things like that, make sure that if you decide to leave, you can take your stuff with you. He owns his stuff. If you think about it, he's kind of indie. He just works with Lion, Lionsgate to get his stuff out. And he did that by going directly to his audience. And then more importantly, he gives back to his community. He gives back to his community because he wants to inspire. He wants to lift up and he wants to help make people better. I think the dude is a class act. And if I ever get a chance to shake his hand, I will be honored. I am speaking on the 13th. That is uh, next week at uh, the Indie PodCon. You can find that if you go to IndiePodcasters.com, this is September 12th through the 13th. And I am batting cleanup. I love this position to be the last person on. And some people go, you know what? I don't know, because everybody's going to be tired and burned out. I'm like, that's great. That's an even more of a challenge to really bring energy, bring great content that wakes people up, inspires them to go out 
and start a podcast. You can find that at IndiePodcasters.com. Also, what's going on, of course, is the question of the month. And I need this by the 25th of September. And Tyler Perry is probably going to work his way back into this episode. I'm, I'm researching a ton of stuff on what makes things interesting. And what I'm asking you is to just riff on interesting. And what I mean by this is if somebody came up to you from a dis- different country and they go, hello, hey, what do you mean when you say interesting? Like, what would you say to that person? And don't ask me what accent that was. Wow, that was weird. That came out of my mouth. You know, what would you say to that person? When you hear the word interesting, what's the first thing that comes to your mouth? Now, when you answer the question by going to schoolwithpodcasting.com slash question, be sure, if you have one, to say the name of your podcast, your website where we can find you, and a little bit about what it's about. I need that again by September 25th because on September 28th, I'm going to be coming out with the episode featuring your voice explaining to you what is interesting because I want your input to go along with all the research I've been doing. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I was on the Novel Marketing Podcast. You can find this over at authormedia.com. I was hanging out with Thomas, who is all things book. If you're thinking of writing a book, promoting a book, however you want it, go check out uh, authormedia.com. Thomas is a great guy. I met him at the Christian conference I went to last year. Super nice guy. And he heard I had a book coming out. You know, I have a book coming out, right? Profit from your podcast, September 28th. You can find it on Amazon or just go to profitfromyourpodcast.com. So he brought me on to talk about that. And here's a brief description, just a, a, a taste of when we're talking about affiliate marketing. The nice thing about it too, is it's a test drive of your audience. Because if you later want to get into advertising, you need to know how engaged your audience is. You need to know what they're interested in. And so this lets you see, okay, I've got, you know, whatever, 500 people listening to the episode. When I put this link on here, you know, 12 of them clicked on it, two of them bought it. So you get a little insight into that. And the other thing that's great about Amazon is they might click on the book. And if they decide, "Eh, I'm not going to buy this book, but then they turn around and buy a bunch of other stuff. Like somebody bought a flat screen TV once and I was like, hallelujah. I don't know. I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> the link I put on my website was not to a flat screen, but that was a nice little cha-ching. So Amazon definitely, like you said, it has a pros and, and cons, but it's an easy place to start. Are your wheels still spinning? You're like, you know what? I know an unserved market that needs a podcast. Let me help you. I would love to jump in and have you come over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and join the private Facebook group, get into the courses and let me help you step-by-step get that podcast up and going. And who knows, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be talking about how you're a billionaire. You never know, but you can't improve something until you start it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.